Sometimes it feels like the sun will never rise, like the birds will never sing again. Believe That's right. When you don't know what to do, just keep on breathing. From the City of Angels in Los Angeles, welcome to all my listeners out there in Radio Land. I'm Dave, the Caregiver's Caregiver at caregiverdave.com. Also coming to you live and on demand 24-7 on numerous syndicated radio and podcast networks on 26 global audio and video platforms like iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Vimeo, Stitcher Radio, Blog Talk Radio, and a whole bunch more. And in fact, we're proud to be voted number one caregiver podcast of the top 50 on Player FM and number two caregiver podcast on Feedspot out of the top 60 and number two caregiver podcast on CaringVillage.com. And we have an especially exciting show planned for you today. <gasps> Almost didn't have enough breath to say that. Deborah Lee Fader was enjoying a multifaceted vocal career in theater, broadcasting, and musical ministry, always family-oriented, ball of energy. Deborah Lee appeared to have it all. Then one morning, she literally fell out of bed, unable to walk. And I was going to read your accolades, but there are just so many. I want you to go over that. But before we do that, I do want to thank last week's guest, Dr. Laika's Brush With Death, and how he helped overwhelmed caregivers hang in there. And just a reminder, you can watch or listen to that interview and all our interviews on our membership website, caregiverdave.com or any of our other 26 global networks that I mentioned earlier. All right, enough of that. Deborah Lee, welcome to the Caregiver Dave Show. We're so excited to have you on. Thank you so much, Dave. I'm really happy to be here. Cool. It means a great deal. And I always like to ask my guests, just who is Deborah Lee Fader, and why was she placed on this earth? Well, I, I really believe that I was placed here to bring happiness to people through my singing and my dancing and acting, and then moving on from there. Uh, it's a cabaret show, aren't you? <laughs> I did have a cabaret show for many years. It was an acclaimed show, and I performed on ships. I performed in Las Vegas on the Strip, wow. in Reno, Atlantic City. Uh, oh, you're, you're like famous. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. I tried my best to be at the top of my success, meaning the people Copy that I was game, yeah. working with. Yes, and it was a great career. Uh, I decided to move back to Minnesota to start broadcasting, and I met my husband in Minnesota, in Montevideo, Minnesota, when I was on the air there on the radio stations. Oh. And yeah, so it changed my whole trajectory of my career. Uh, I had a, an opportunity to go to, to Japan, but I met the guy. <laughs> and decided I wanted to pretty much stick around and set down roots in Minnesota. And that was in 1994. And I haven't looked back since. It's been a wonderful career. I was a mayor. I was mayor of Montevideo, Minnesota for eight years. Uh, I went to our sister city, Uruguay, uh, Montevideo, that is, they call it Montevideo. And I was there at the uh, request of their mayor, and I met the president at that time and the first lady and just had a wonderful time with 
that all of the officials and dignitaries worked with the embassy down there to bring about more cultural exchange between our two countries. It was a marvelous experience. And uh, But prior to that, I will digress. I was living in Savage, Minnesota. My husband and I were there for uh, probably five to seven years. And one day I got out of bed. I fell flat on my face. Oh, my. I, yes. And I couldn't move. I could only drag myself. I was the only one home, uh, plus the dog. <laughs> and I could only drag myself to the nearest phone to start making phone calls to <sighs> say I was in dire need of some help because I couldn't move whatsoever. And that was in 2006 during the holiday season. And it was such of a change in my life. I couldn't do ministry. I couldn't do anything except try my very best to stay alive. All of my organs were shutting down and it was very dire. We thought we were going to lose me and um, made some changes occupationally wise uh, and uh, bought back our family business in Montevideo. And then I slowly recovered until I could recover no more. And mm -hmm. I could walk. I was walking with canes and with other aids. And then if I would get sick, I would be unable to get onto my feet. So I was in and out mm -hmm. of wheelchairs. Just give me a cold. Give me a sniffle and I'm in a wheelchair. <laughs> the emergency room. Oh, wow. Still? So not so much anymore because yeah, I... Yes, praise God. It has to do with belief. You have to believe in something larger than yourself. And I always have believed in God and uh, prayers. And we had many people praying for me to <clears throat> fully recover. I'm grateful to have the recovery that I do. I would say I have uh, on a good day, I have about 90% of my body. It's usually at a 75% range. Uh, but I'm very grateful to have use of, of my limbs, uh, even though it is a little bit difficult. Uh -huh. um, and I'm grateful to have my husband and my family and friends who have uh, traded off caretaking me through the years. But my husband is my primary caregiver. And I understand how tough it can be for a caregiver, how you can get burned out. And I guess I'm here today to pretty much explain the side of the person that's being cared for because it's very very tough to relinquish control of your own self to other human beings you feel so guilty and you worry about the caretaker actually being cared for so yeah. it's it's a, a big responsibility and between your caretakers you must be a team you have to be team players. You know you're in it for the long haul. Pray about it um, and make your life as full as you possibly can together and also separately. So, Wow. It, it, so you're a walking, yeah. talking miracle. Oh, I, yes. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. <laughs> I, I truly, truly am. I, shouldn't I believe in miracles. Me too. Because uh, so, I'm looking at one. Oh, God bless <laughs> you. Thank you so much. So you so, live on Lake Minnewaska, right? Lake Minnewaska, it's 
in the area of the Alexandria Lakes, we are the largest, or I shouldn't say the largest, we're the largest lake in that area. We're the 13th largest lake in the state of Minnesota, which is, of course, the land of over yeah. 10,000 lakes. It's so Beautiful. hard to believe, yeah. So yeah, my wife's my wife's brother lives in Minnesota, and he lives on Lake Minnetonka, and that's much larger than our lake. But uh-huh. it's, uh, ours is twenty seven miles around. Um, I know that, or straight across, I believe too. <clears throat> uh, but Minna, Minnetonka is, is a huge lake, and uh, several inlets and islands, and it's it's an exciting place. I haven't to, been out there yet. Uh, I I keep promising I'm going to go, but I don't know. It gets pretty oh. cold in the w- winter time. He goes ice fishing. That's one of the things we do too. It's very <laughs> too? exciting. Yes, we have wow. fish house, and <laughs> and my husband's out there. Yeah, I all saw the that time. on that movie, I, Grump, I, Grumpy Old Man. Remember oh. that scene. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Oh, in fact, a long time ago, um, our son and uh, myself and a few friends, whenever he would have maybe a, a, I don't know, a contrary point of view, we would call him Walter, one of the grumpy old men. Yes. yes, (laughs) We would say, okay, Walter. (laughs) So, uh, but he's not like that anymore. He's had Good. Such of a baptism in <clears throat> caretaking. Uh, I wish he would come on the show, but he's he's not that kind of a person. He's he's much more private than yeah. I am. So I'll just do my best to to fill you in on what we go through, okay. whatever you want to know. <laughs> well, you know, our audience <laughs> within burned reason out, burned out caregivers, and um, as you know, I'm a caregiver to my wife for 25, 26 years now, oh. and uh, sometimes you know when. When we have those rough days, I wonder who has the tougher job, me as a caregiver or her <laughs> as a care receiver and as a disabled person. She lost her speech and was paralyzed on one side, but she reinvented herself. She can do practically everything she did before with one arm and one leg tied behind her back and duct tape over her mouth, basically. That's fantastic. She has the spirit. Yep. She's interested in being living her best life being her best self yep and that is what it's all about you have to be a champion she you know i give her so many props for what she's accomplished and i like i like to feel i like to feel i played a part in that because you know instead of like her mother for example was always oh here let me get that for you oh no here you can't do that oh no no you can't cook it i'll do it you know, and I was saying, yeah, do it, do it. And she's reaching for something. Yeah, a little higher. Go on your toes. And I'm pushing her up there, you know. And her mother thought I was cruel. But the uh, occupational therapist said that I was creating an independent person instead of a uh, bedridden uh, person who was dependent on anybody and everybody. Absolutely. My husband's the same way. He's oh, always uh, just uh, yeah. well, whatever. He's is a driving in the pudding. force. Yeah. yeah, he never he never says, okay, um, you you sit down. I mean, I have yeah. to tell him, I really can't, don't push me anymore, I can't take it. <laughs> it's like he's <laughs> he an occupational therapist. Yeah, he's just like that. And he pushes me to continue with the occupational therapy. There have been I times I want, oh, I think I'm, you know, I'm doing fine. He'll, he'll say, no, you need to go back. You're slipping here, you're... Yeah. He's always watching everything, and 
you, you, you know, you can't get anything by these people. <laughs> she had an Indian, she had an Indian physical therapist and, uh, you know, we had this big pool table and he, she was telling her, walk around the table, walk around the table. Go, Charlene, go, Charlene. You can do it. You can do it. She goes, no, yes, yes. One more time. Come on. She's like an army sergeant. Yes. And that's kind of how yeah. I have to do do things. It's like it's like being a drill, drill <laughs> sergeant and you have to respond with that discipline to uh, and stick to itiveness to make it happen over and over and over again. That's what practice. I, I remember from being a little girl and learning how to dance. Practice mm. makes perfect. Learning yeah. how to sing. Practice makes perfect. And that's what you do. At, and you have to keep your brain occupied. So the practicing helps the synopsis in the brain to find another path to uh, make you vital. So yeah. I have, think your wife is, she's got it together. <laughs> have you ever been a caregiver? I have not. And it has been really interesting to be the person on the receiving <laughs> end. Um, I, I've always loved people and, and have never um, had any uh, differences within myself. Uh, when I would see someone that was disabled, or to be around them. They just seemed just like me, only that they're sitting in a chair or they're walking with a cane or they're, uh, you know, having a little trouble getting out of the car, whatever it is, I would always try to help. So having been on that side of, of trying to help others, yeah. uh, it's, it's really tough to relinquish that control of wanting to help somebody else yeah. um, and apply it to yourself that you need to sit back and let others do for you. Yeah, well, you know, caregivers hate to ask for help. They think they can do it themselves. But um, uh, the care receivers sometimes are uh, shamed into not uh, asking for help when they need it. Yes. Uh, who absolutely. has a harder time asking for help, you or your husband? I assume my your husband, caregiver. Absolutely, <clears throat> my husband. He will never ask for any kind of help. And whenever I know he's having a health issue, it's don't worry about me. Don't worry about me. But you do. You you worry about who is carrying, taking care of your caregiver. Yeah. So then you just have put to your push. oxygen mask on first. Yeah. <laughs> well, and when you have uh, COVID, for instance, with during COVID, the the wearing of masks and all of those things applied <clears throat> to everyone, and it was it was kind of tough because you when you're the care care person, um, the person that's being cared for. The caregiver is very frightened that you might uh, mix in with a crowd and then someone has COVID. Uh, that was a, a tough thing to go through. Um, but hopefully we all, those of us that were vulnerable, did receive our shots and were able to um, still be um, viable members of society. So, so what happens when it all falls apart for you and your husband? What, okay. uh, what do you do? Well, for us, especially for us, I am a, a such of a strong believer in God, and so is my husband. I I do things in a way they they call it like a, an elevator bell ringer. <laughs> um, but my husband is more, you know, in the basement with with um, his uh, the way he worships. So between the two of us, I always get out devotions. I have little cards that have devotional sayings on them and we go through those 
Uh, and then another thing we do is just uh, I try I try to uh, say uh, in a supportive way, go do a hobby. You know, go go fishing for a while. Go out and um, take oh, a ice, walk. He's, ice fishing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, ice fishing, which he loves. He loves to do that. Any kind of fishing, he'll be out there. Um, so go and make the most of your time, your alone time. Have fun with your friends. Go hunting, fishing. Like I said, any of the the things you really enjoy, go and do those things. Go visit your friends in another city. You know, whatever it takes, just you don't need to be at my beck and call all the time. Wow. Have a day. Have have fill your day with as much of life as you can because then when you come back, you've got the zest to to sort of um start all over again. Each day's a new day. That's another thing between the two of us, one day at a time. We just have to take it one day you're, at a time. You're a nice care receiver. Some some aren't that nice, you know, they're very demanding. Okay. And they're very selfish. It's all about me, you know, self-centered. Oh. And, you know, you can't blame them. I mean, they're they're disabled and and uh, it is all about them right there. But uh, the point, smart yeah. ones know how to notice when the caregiver needs a break, because if you just keep uh, running them into the ground, you know, they're going to either become hospitalized, die, 30 percent die oh, or um, need a caregiver of his own. And then where is that going to leave uh the one they the that they're being cared for, you know, usually uh, some other family member will take over who's not as compassionate, and they may throw you into a nursing home. <laughs> <laughs> now that's a frightening thought. <clears throat> it is. Um, there but are it happens a lot. I'm sure it does, and and the more that we need to depend on other people, because it takes patience and empathy and and all does. those things. Not everybody has those qualities, you know. No, and well. And if you don't have those qualities, believe me, the, what I say when somebody is putting me down or, you know, saying something, I just say better you, better me than you, <laughs> not not the other way around. Yeah. Better, better, better me because I can, you know, suck it up, basically. <laughs> well, everyone falls into two categories. You're either going to need a caregiver one day mm -hmm. or you're going to be a caregiver. So it's Amen. inevitable. You know, there's no escaping yeah. it. So it, yeah. it comes with aging. Um, it's just that uh, for some of us, we get baptized a little bit more earlier in life than the others yeah. do. And your but, kids uh, are watching, your grandkids are watching. So if you're not doing a good job, chances are they'll take bad care of you when, when that day comes, you know? <laughs> I don't know. My grandchildren are so wonderful to me that I... <laughs> They they want to help. They love to help, oh, and uh, they're they're just raised so <clears throat> well by their parents. That the parents are really good as a, a team, and so these kids, they you know, grandma needs this, grandma needs that, whatever, and you yeah. know, and then we try to do things together and have fun. So, are you a believer? Are you a believer in support groups? Oh yes, I think support groups are the most important thing. Uh, to helping anyone who's going through a difficult time, be it a, a caretaker or grief, or uh, maybe you have a dependency on something that uh, a substance abuse, I don't know. Uh, you, you could name several things. I, I really think a, a group that you can sit, a group of your peers that, that are trying to also improve themselves. I think that's very important get into some sort of a solid group where you can 
let out, let down your hair, mm-hmm. let out your feelings and, uh, and then try to improve and, and cut yourself a break. You, you know, you can't be perfect. Grace, and grace. You, pardon? Yeah, you can't. That's called can't, grace. Yes. Grace. It is called grace. You had it, it. And God gives it. I grace is being, grace is getting something you don't deserve. Uh, yes. Mercy is not getting something you do deserve. Oh, my goodness. Is that the way to say it? Yes, we must be merciful in life and with others around us. Uh, Did your husband is- uh, go to uh, caregiver support groups? Um, he has. He's gone to different things. And, and they helped, I assume. Sure. Yes, they do. Good. Uh, yes. And uh, <clears throat> but to, I, I just try really hard to not take advantage of him. I, so you're a good patient. I try to be. I don't know if I truly am. I could be a better patient. Uh, just having that <laughs> attitude makes you a great patient. Oh, thank you. I don't know. My doctors probably are <laughs> would roll their eyes. So I do what I can. Let's talk about the living space. Was was your house, um, uh, you know, did you have to change a lot of things? Well, when I was first diagnosed, first, let me explain that I was misdiagnosed for several years. Mm. So we didn't make any changes and I'd be stumbling around and I'd walk into a wall or I, you know, it was not fun Um, (laughs) because I'd, I'd wake up and I'd have a little bit more energy when I woke up in the morning and just even two hours later, I, you know, I could have, I could take a nap actually is how I felt. And uh, but when I was finally diagnosed properly down at Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota, um, I had occupational therapy from our Montevideo uh, local hospital come in and they said, this piece of furniture has to go. Uh, this, you've got to have a, a, a smooth track for her to use a walker. And then they also sat with me and said, you're not going to be standing at the stove all the time. You're going to have to sit. So there's different things that we had to uh, arrange with me to adjust uh, my everyday Mm -hmm. daily tasks and routines. Mm -hmm. So it was it was a real eye opener uh, to have occupational therapy come in. And I was resistant and my husband was resistant. It was just. What do you mean we have to change this and we have to change our bathtub? She can't use a bathtub anymore. Mm. Well, we have to be safe. So then we have to put a cutout in the bathtub and we had to do all these things. And um, so we change, did, uh, change was the uh, word that you had to embrace. Exactly. And we all are creatures of comfort. Let's face it. Everybody wants to keep things exactly as we are comfortable with them yes. and you need to be able to move outside of yourself, move outside of that comfort zone. And this is for both the one being cared for and the caretaker. And you have to be able to open your mind and make the changes. And once you do that, um, you both are able to be buffered into a, a safer way of doing things. So, so you, but it's you, hard. It's hard to let go. You said you were misdiagnosed. How did you find out the truth? I mean, did you get a second opinion? I went to several different doctors. I went to second, third, many, fourth opinion, huh? Yes, many, many. Uh, my really? first doctor, which was my internist, Dr. Gary Brunkow, uh-huh. actually saved my life. 
okay. one of my one of my tests for Lyme came back positive, and it was the eastern blot on my Lyme. And uh, so he saved my life by getting the right mm. medication into my system. Mm. Um, and then I had to have infusions for a few months. And I s- very slowly regained my ability to walk. And then what happened is we thought I was in the clear and I wasn't. I should have had another round of some sort of steroidal drug Mm. to help me uh, get through the hard time. And I didn't because I just started sliding backwards. And it all started with Lyme disease, all your problems. Yes. And bitten by a tick or something. I was bitten by a tick. We think that we were hiking. Minnesota. Hi. Yes. A very high, high level. How common is that? Very, very common. We have Lyme disease. We have MS. And sometimes I think it's because we just don't have enough vitamin D in our everyday life with the the winter. The summers are great. Yeah. No sunshine in the winter time. And, you know, you're indoors a little bit more. So you have what else can you do to prevent that? You can take a lot of vitamin D. Yeah, and that's your only weapon, that. huh? Uh, well, it's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> it's That's the, the na- nature's way of handling it. But like, uh, wearing long sleeves, can they bite through a cloak? Oh, you're talking about the ticks. Oh, yeah, sure. The tick. They can bite through anything. Really? Just like kidding? mosquitoes, huh? Yeah, they are. They're really dangerous. Why would you want to live in Minnesota that has so many ticks? Oh, this is home. This is home. <laughs> yeah, we live in California with all the earthquakes. Florida has all the hurricanes. You know, sure, every every poison. state has its problems, I guess you could say. But um it yeah, I just uh, the the problem with ticks is you may not know that you have one on you. And uh that is kind of what we think happened with me that the tick was very very small. Now for many years there was no correlation uh, between uh, MS and Lyme disease, they were kept. Are you saying a tick can can cause MS? Well, yes, they finally have wow. admitted that 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 can take place. Yes, they have. Uh, but for so many years, it was they were not looking at that. People were finding, or medically, the FDA or I don't Scary. know the powers that be in the medical world would not. Uh, put these two diseases sure. together and link them. But at this point they have. So I, I can safely say that. Yes. So you are uh, a lover of physical therapy, right? It helps yes. you. Uh, you yes. know, a lot of people are resistant to physical therapy. They, nah, I don't uh, It's work. And, you know, just leave me alone. Let's just uh, let me stay in my wheelchair. I mean, what's bad about that? Well, energy is something that, with MS and with, with my issues, energy is hard to come by. Um, you only have so much of it per day, but there are ways that you can use the energy a little bit more properly. And that's what they teach you in physical therapy. Mm. Uh, and I, I believe that even if you're in a wheelchair, learning how to be able to do a couple of things for yourself that maybe you couldn't do before is very um, confident, confidence building. And yeah. it 
it helps you regain your self-esteem. So I, I really truly believe in physical therapy for anyone that has any affliction of any it's kind. It's like they say, use it or lose it, right? Yeah, it, exactly. I couldn't think of the, the <laughs> phrase. I'm glad you brought Good thing that. you got me around here. <laughs> uh, no kidding. <laughs> so you lose it or, you know, you, if, you, if you're not using it, uh, I, I went through maybe three, four months where I wasn't really doing all my yeah. exercises every day. And I started to really lose it. And my husband said to me, you need to get back into physical therapy and try mm. to regain uh, your momentum. Sounds like uh, a smart guy. Yeah, he is. Well, he doesn't want to have to work that hard. My goodness, I don't blame him. <laughs> Taking well, care, Deborah. I, I can't believe how fast this time has gone. Um, oh, I know. Yes. It's it's so much fun when you're having fun. Um, yes, thank you. Let me ask you: um, How can people get a hold of you? Oh my goodness! Well, are, I am are you an author? I am an author. I'm I'm writing a book. Tell us this about is your just book. A, it's it's Walk by Faith, and um, it's coming out very shortly. This is just a oh. mock book to show you what it should possibly look like, okay? Nice and uh, what you can do is I have two different websites. I have, it's called uh, queenofkindness.org. It's a 501c3 charity. Uh-huh. And I also have diversityusa.org. That's another um, way you can reach me and... Uh, I have uh, their phone numbers there listed, and also there are emails. I'd be glad to talk to anyone who needs some help, either uh, as a caretaker or uh, as someone that might be falling behind because they need to be cared for. So whatever I can do, I'm here to help people. So give me a shout. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing all your wisdom. Um, let me just remind everybody that all our live shows become recorded pod and video casts all, on all your favorite networks. Uh, you can purchase my number one newly released book, Secrets from the Hammock, Uncommon Wisdom for Uncommon Times. It's a great book that's changing lives all over the world. The only way to eliminate negative effects of unwise choices is to start making wise choices. And we're so proud that it's a number one international bestseller so far, like on the second day so it is available wherever books are sold and my website, caregiverdave.com, which is a free membership support community. Lots of tools, resources, free gifts. And check out my Facebook page, Caregiver Dave, a community of 34,000 caregivers. And if you click the like or follow button on whatever platform you're watching or listening to this interview on, it helps us reach even more caregivers by improving Google search engine algorithms. So thanks again to everybody out there who's all over the world, tuning in every Wednesday, making us the number one caregiver podcast on the internet. So until next week, same time, same channel, may God richly bless you all. Bye-bye. I'm Dave Nassani. My fourth book, Secrets from the Hammock, Uncommon Wisdom for Uncommon Times, is a number one bestseller on Amazon. As a young boy, I was told I possessed an unusual amount of wisdom for my age. As a young man, I found myself counseling friends and older family members whenever they needed answers to their problems. Then at 21, I read the Bible for the very first time and learned how King Solomon asked God for wisdom instead of riches, yet he received both. I was so impressed that I too asked God for wisdom. Soon after, 
I discovered when lying on my hammock, I would receive wisdom from God. This book is the result of my passion to share with the world wisdom's tremendous benefits. Join me as I reveal practical aspects of wisdom for the mind, body, and spirit. 31 lessons I learned from God that can change your life. Available in hardcover, audible, Kindle, and paperback. Wherever books are sold. I've spoken all over the country and London and am available to speak at your event. Contact me at hammockwisdom.com. Sometimes it feels like the sun will never rise, like the birds will never sing again. Keep breathing, take it in and let it out. Keep breathing, it's gonna be okay. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.